the people arrested yesterday was the coach of Stanford's sailing team. Yeah. yeah, he was charged with bribery and pretending that sailing is a sport. <laughs> what, what's the anti-sailing bias there? Uh, doesn't the have a ball, it's not a sport. That's, uh, that was one of my favorite <laughs> things that came out of yesterday in the transcripts, which are just hilarious. Read them if you'd like about the college admissions thing. Is a, oh, yeah. Whichever sailing team. Look, we got to get some people that have sailed before. We'll sink. Right, the crooks is, can I get a second <laughs> slot? And he said, God, i got to have some sailors on the team. Funny. So one of the news stories of the day is uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke from Texas has decided to run for president. He's known as a Beto, which is short for Roberto in Spanish. In the same way that Joe is short for Joseph, that sort of thing. So uh, that's where he got the uh, the nickname and they called him that as a kid or something. It also is very politically handy because it makes you sound like you're kind of Hispanic or for Hispanics or something. Right. At least Hispanic <laughs> friendly. Great. Right. So there you He's got very that. handsome and charming, Jack. He's comfortable in his own skin. No doubt about that. I find this. Well, I'll move to that later because I want to get to a bunch of things. Of course, we got that this text. D- 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 describes a lot of uh, salesmen I know, too. They're good at selling. Well, you got to be good at selling to become president. Yep. You guys are hot this morning, says this texter on the text line at 415 295 KFTC. Thank you for noticing. Yeah, I do appreciate that. Um, watch Kill the Irishman on Netflix. It's based on the story of the 1970s Cleveland mob families, which I don't know anything about. There were 60 bombs that went off in one year around that Cleveland mob family. Wow. It's a Netflix series. That sounds pretty good. Wow. Yeah. It's their new Sopranos, they say. Um, this is just across the wire. Dennis, (laughs) Dennis Rodman. Oh, hello. I'm already interested. Dennis Rodman says NBA players need to stop wearing tampons. Oh, boy. That's, That's delicately put. I think he's suggesting that they're less than manly these days. Yeah, but Dennis, it's, don't it's, put it on them. Don't, don't use them as an excuse for the behavior on. that you're, ma- that you're putting on yourself. The game here. You <laughs> People around the world. Listen, listen, listen. Oh, listen. Hey, no, shoot. Ah, I got it. Let me, let me do this. Wow. You can't play too many Dennis Rodman clips. That is, uh, yeah, that's something. Um, You got people around the world, Michael. I love that one. I, I just, uh, there, there, we have some clips from the Dennis Rodman thing now. Okay, okay. let's hear it. To understand that when you just can't go in and ask a guy like that, man, to surrender his uh, country and his freedom and his people. No, man, slowly, man. I said it a long time ago. Ease into it. Ease into it, brother. What, 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 Is he what talking was about that? North Korea? Okay, he's talking about North Korea because he's, he's oh. one of the few Americans who's actually. He's met. our ambassador to it. So to open the door. To open the door, that's it. But does he get to the NBA players and their masculinity, or is that not available? Okay. All these guys who quit wearing tampons. What go. if they're menstruating, though? Oh, boy. What if they're women who identify? Mm. What if they're... Mm. Um, Dennis Rodman, everybody. On, uh, on, People around the world. On Beto O'Rourke. Beto. I want to say it correctly. I'm not trying to be dismissive. It's Beto. Well, yeah, Beto. Like Beethoven. I'm- uh, yes. That's all I'll remember. Yes, yes. Like Beethoven. Beto. Beto O'Rourke. Yes. But um, you, you've got to say it, Beto. Because you're saying it like Peter. And you don't want to say Peter. That is the way Beto. I talk. <laughs> um. <laughs> Every letter should be enunciated. <laughs> so Beto, Beto, is running Beto. for president. <laughs> and uh, and he's getting a tremendous amount of attention and coverage, and he will, and he's going to suck a lot of the energy out of the room. And I wonder if Elizabeth Warren is currently like putting stuff into her bag and checking out of her hotel in there. In I'm going to get out of here. 
I'm going to get my ass handed to me. I guess I'm just not quite the hot thing right now. That's one of the reasons I think Beto is getting in. He's seen the the latest the way things work. You you got to go when you're hot. When Chris Christie was the hottest, he didn't run. You come back. Ah, oh, yeah, I kind of remember. I kind of liked him for some reason. Don't really mm, remember why. Yeah. And then it's too late. So you don't think the campaign trail will be a happy hunting ground for Elizabeth Warren? Wow, you're gonna miss that, aren't you? When she goes, <laughs> I am. I am. Hmm. I am. Um, but so we got all kinds of blacks that email us all the time from all kinds of different things, but they were loaded and ready on Beto with, uh, why, why Beto's a bad person. We got this email. There you go. And I really like the Let's fact get that, to that, okay, they go with Robert Francis O'Rourke. That's yes. a, that the first person I heard use that as kind of a slur was, uh, the brain, the guy who got Bush elected. Oh, uh, uh, Carl Rove? Carl Rove. He goes with Robert. Robert, they call him the brain. That's what they used to call him. Robert Francis O'Rourke. He emphasizes like it like that. Yeah. Because he's he's Irish American, not Spanish. Right. But, um, they. Freaking Irishmen. But you're going to see this. Drunk idiots. You're going to see. Oh, wait a minute. I'm one of them. (laughs) You're going to see this a lot through the campaign from the anti Beto crowd. Um, his mugshot from his DUI arrest is the picture they use. Yes. The young. Good looking guy. Now he he got he 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 crashed into somebody, then took off, fled the scene, and uh, it's a felony. Details are a little murky, or, or they'll get less murky in a presidential campaign. Well, he's I trying to murk them, right? And they'll get less murky in a, in a presidential campaign. That's the way presidential campaigns work. You can have something in your past that was a little, uh, we're kind of over that. You run for president, all of a sudden, everybody looks at it again through a microscope. Yeah. Yeah, and a great, I don't know if it's a big deal or not. A big deal will be made of it, but he's the kind of guy who can play contrite and regretful, and I've learned from it, and what's important is that substance abuse is killing Americans, and we don't have enough funding for mental health and substance the opioid epidemic, and then he'll, he'll, people will be fine with it. He's best known for losing an election. Okay, he almost beat Ted Cruz in Texas. Yeah, it's like if the San Diego Padres lost the World Series in seven games, that wouldn't make them losers. That would be really impressive. Yeah. So if you don't follow baseball, the Padres have sucked for a long time. That's an odd knock. So, yeah. Well, it, yeah, I've heard that a lot, too. But, you know, people, he they just in, throw stuff up against the wall. He, If you're the Democratic candidate, you win the blue states automatically, and he played really well in a red state. That's that's the the upside to him. No, mm-hmm. he's a, he lost. Okay, okay. Play that game if you want. And finally, this text, because we got to move on. Um, why Ivy Leagues matter from somebody who claims to know, because we were discussing this about, I, I think a lot of it is the parents would be horrified if their kids didn't go to the right college, and it would look bad in the cul-de-sac. But um, three values of the college experience. One, academic. Pretty much the same everywhere you go. You can get the same education anywhere you go. Depends depending, what you put into it. Depending right. on how hard you work. Right. I'm sure that's quite Not very. Fair. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, to network value, people you will meet who will help you later might yes. be better at the Ivy Leagues. I, I could believe that. Oh, uh, listen, I'm not sure. Dep- once again, depends on your line of work. Caveat. Uh, I do know... That and you know I know this from my my kids' experience mostly that there is a camaraderie a tribal sure. thing yeah where you know my my daughter went to a, a pretty small college and 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 if she runs into a fellow uh, alumna um there's like hey whoa wait a minute yeah I will take a look at your resume and it's That's a club pure all pure 
that base level tribalism. It's yeah. just very normal. Yeah, we went to the same. We, are, we used to live in the same village. And, and your Harvards and your Yales have some amazing tribes. Yeah. Meritocracy is a myth. Um, and then signal value. Employers assume those universities have vetted these people most likely to be successful, sort of underwritten the future value of that hire. That has been true to some extent, but it's completely broken by this scandal. Huh. Which I think is pretty interesting. Quite well made, my friend, there via the text line. Yeah, like that all. If you'd like to text, it's 415-295-KFTC. Stands for something terrible. I'll look back fondly on my years pretending to be on the crew team. Until that early first semester elbow injury changed my dreams forever. (laughs) But I sure enjoyed partying here at USC. Fifth of Hennessy. But having spent five and a half years here at Yale... Virtually flunking out of every class, but being bailed out because my parents were paying full price. I look back fondly at the friends I have made. So we've been trying to get this... And I look forward fondly to my job on Wall Street, where some Yaley will hire me. Yeah. Speaking of universities, we got this university professor, Professor Clover, who advocates killing cops. We're trying to get rid of them. We're going to check in with an assemblyman in California who's helping us out with that. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Virginia woman was arrested this week after allegedly pretending she was pregnant in order to obtain gifts such as paid dinners and an expensive professional photo shoot from a couple trying to adopt. The couple first became suspicious somewhere around month 12. God, there's so many flipping weirdos out there. Mm. Or crazy people. Yeah. Yep. Um, coming up, including Marxist professors who think we ought to be able to kill cops. More on the details coming up on the assassination of Frankie Boy, Francesco Frankie Boy Cali, the top mob boss in New York, straight out of the Sopranos. This is like Tony Soprano getting taken down. Mm-hmm. This guy and the details are out today from his neighbors, and it's pretty entertaining. James Gallagher is an assemblyman in the state of California, represents, I believe it's the third district, and he has been, like uh, us around here, just sickened by this Marxist University of California professor who thinks cops ought to be murdered and has said so publicly multiple times and refuses to back down from that stance. We never call for anybody's job around here. If you say, you know, I got heated, I I said some stuff I regret, I didn't really mean that exactly, we'll take that uh, apology because people do that. And we're not witch hunters around here, but this is an unrepentant pro-cop killer professor teaching our nation's young people. James Gallagher uh, joins us now. How are you, sir? Doing great. How are you guys, Jack and Joe? Good, good. I guess you dropped off those 10,000-plus petitions to UC Davis. How'd that go? We did, man. Uh, it was great. You know, and, and thanks to your guys' help and getting the word out, we've got over 10,000 signatures on this petition. So we had two big boxes and, and then some uh, to drop off on the on the counter there at Marac Hall, UC Davis. 
We'd sure like that number of from 10,000 to turn into 100,000. Go to armstrongandgetty.com, and that's how you get to the petition to sign it. Yeah, and, you know, Absolutely. tweet links to your friends and everything, folks. I mean, it's just, it's sick. But did you run into anybody? Did you get any response? Did, did, did How did people react to your showing up? Well, so we went over there, actually, with Linda Mobilio, who's a widow of a fallen officer. Um, and we also went over there with the president of the Police Chiefs Association, Ron Lawrence, um, and, uh, and an alumni of UC Davis, Cherie Stevens, uh, you know, all to... You know, not only deliver the petitions, but also deliver a message that we want action. Um, now, you know, the chancellor was not available uh, that yeah, day. Yeah, a shock. We, we did we did meet with uh, some you know senior staff, and you know, obviously expressed our sentiments uh, in a very uh, very clear fashion. Um, that look, you know, it's nice to hear the word that you think this is reprehensible and you think this is atrocious, but what people want to see is action. If this is so reprehensible, you'll do something about it, you know, by firing this professor. And we understand it it takes like the board of regents to to fire a, a tenured professor. So that's what they've got to do. Board of regents, get her done. For God's sake, are you stand for nothing and we won't leave this alone either. It's not going away. And James, I know you're leaving that uh, the website open if people want to go to it as we mentioned to uh, keep signing the petition. So uh, keep fighting the good fight, huh? We're going to keep at it. And, you know, the one thing I just add to that, Joe, is what we lack at UC, at the University of California, is a lack of willpower. Of course, there's a process for everything. You know, but if you leave it to the lawyers and the HR people, nothing will ever get done. But if somebody at the top, the president, Janet Napolitano, the chancellor, Gary May, says, we're going to do what's right here, believe me, it'll happen. We've seen that, you know, when you when you have the executive willpower, you can you can get things done. Oh sure. See how fast they would move if you had a professor who every day said abortion is murder. See how quickly they would move on that. Or we should deport oh, every illegal yesterday. alien in America. Right. Every single illegal should be deported. Please. They wouldn't last the afternoon. Absolutely. Uh, James, James Gallagher represents the 3rd District of California in the uh, California State Assembly. Uh hey, it's uh, it's good to talk to you as always and and as I said keep fighting the good fight. Likewise. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, you got it, brother. Stay in touch. This just in. The House has passed on a 420 to nothing vote. Puppies are cute. The sun is hot. Babies are nice. Maxine uh, Waters would, 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 would vote against that. A non-binding resolution that calls for the public release of the Mueller report. So there you go. Okay. 420 to nothing, though. Oh, hey. You uh, didn't get one present or hold out or anything. Guaranteed I would have been the one. Yeah, exactly. You nah. mentioned yesterday, in a world exclusive, an Armstrong and Getty show exclusive, that some key staffers of the Mueller report had gone back to their old gigs. Uh, just came out, I think, this morning that the number one investigator, who's like the world's greatest specialist in money laundering, has gotten a new job. Okay. And he, he was, as I understand it, the second. Um, kind of uh, number two behind Mueller. Okay, well then that's a real indicator that they're they're done. Right now, how long it takes Mueller to like write the paper and turn it in? Yeah, right. It could be weeks. I have no idea. I don't know anything about it. Well, and then you got the whole process of figuring out what's like national security stuff that they have to redact, right. and what is information about private citizens who it turns out are blameless or certainly not prosecutable. They happen to dig up all sorts of stuff about you know uh, uh, Joe Jones. Uh, he he spends a spends a lot of money on porn, 
And, you know, he was a shoplifter as a teen. Yes, and, the good stuff. And he once pushed his wife, and, and the cops showed up, etc. But it turns out they, they wondered whether his porn money was uh, laundered Russian money. Turns out it wasn't. He's, he's fine. He just likes porn. They're not going to release all that stuff to you because that would be a terrible invasion of people's privacy. So that's going to take a while. You don't think they will release that? What, about the porn? Um, any of the personal stuff. Because there are not... plenty of people saying, we need to see it. Let the people decide oh, what's a crime a and what's a not a crime. No, that's not a good idea. Now, they I, might... I think it's anti-American. They might care... Which which one? Releasing it or not releasing it? Accusing you of something, digging through your life, and then saying, now you're not guilty, but releasing every evidence of the evidence. Like that's, James Comey did. Yeah. Right. Like James Comey did with Clinton. Don't get accused of something. <laughs> Anybody ever consider that? <laughs> right? That if you weren't guilty, you wouldn't be accused. That's our system. Uh, uh. Yeah, exactly, like James Comey did with Hillary Clinton. What's coming up your news, Marshall? Well, Beta's working the circuit. What the latest Democrat running for president is telling the good folks of Iowa. Facebook facing criminal investigations and even more on the National College admission scandal and the guy supposedly behind it. And I want to have one more comment on the James Comey situation because I just learned something really interesting about him. The lanky lawman? Yes. Why he did that whole dog and pony show and then didn't say there were violent charges against Hillary. He's a tall drink of justice. That's All what right. he is. Stop it. Stop it. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. It's pie day. Not the delicious dessert, but the... Dessert slash breakfast food. (laughs) Yes. Who among us has not indulged? Not that kind of pie, but the fraction that helps you figure the area of a circle and so many more fantastic things. 314, 3.14 is pie. This mathematician who says he uses the number pie regularly in his job. Knowing more than the first few digits is useless. You don't need to know pie beyond the fifth digit. 3.14. I used to know it fairly well. 159 long, but... is as far as I get. Okay, that's that's enough. His point is that far is well more than you need. Anything beyond that, you're just. What job need. daily use of pie? Sort of. Is a baker? Yeah, exactly. When you don't just have a calculator or a computer <laughs> right. does. I don't know. Or, you know, you're painting something, just paint till it's covered. Right? <laughs> and then you're done. <laughs> Roughly. And you're done. Right. Have a little extra for touch ups. That's my uh, int. Did Trump say something outrageous? He said something. I'm guessing he did. Arguing yeah. over whether or not it's outrageous. Also, the gunning down of the head of the Gambino crime family in yep. New York. It's a real Sopranos, a godfather sort of thing. More on that all coming up. Right now, news with Marshall Phillips. Another day, another Democrat running for president in 2020. This is different, though. <laughs> this isn't just, this isn't like one of those also rans. Doesn't have a chance. Oh, this is a punk who's done nothing. <laughs> Please, for- swat him away like a bug. Former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke in the race and in Iowa working the circuit. He was stopping at a coffee shop this morning, warning the audience there that our democracy is indeed taking a hit. Which may very well be a democracy soon enough in name only unless we get it back and make sure that it represents people and not special interests and corporations. O'Rourke going on to tell the audience. Any single Democrat running today. And I may not be able to enumerate every single one of them right now. <laughs> would be far better than the current occupant of the White House. That's some unity so, talk there. Well, hey, Trump, he's, sit- he's standing there in his sport coat and his 
I'm a safe human being. I'm a non-threatening man, Iowa-style crewneck sweater, which he uh, later takes off to show his flat, flat abs. But he's got his cup of coffee in his hand. Right. He's giving his big announcement speech with his coffee in his hand, looking just comfy and laid back and relaxed and as real guys can be. Compare that with Marco Rubio and the infamous looking around furtively and drinking water scene. The guy's just natural, which is huge these days. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know a single reason he ought to be president, but he's a good candidate. Yeah, and it reminds me of when uh, George Will saw Barack Obama very early on and said, this is must must be what it was like for baseball scouts to see a 17-year-old Alex Rodriguez. Mm. You just recognize their their ability to do this thing. Mm -hmm. And Beto O'Rourke has that and a ton of money coming in. Yeah. On the sweater, as a kind of Iowan, since my dad's entire family is from Iowa and we were in Iowa a lot my whole life. All your political candidates go to Iowa and throw on a sweater over a dress shirt. Somebody decided years ago that that's what Iowans wear, even though I've never known anybody in my entire life, and this would be hundreds of people that I know from Iowa that's ever dressed like that. They all do. And then when the networks go there, Chris Matthews, if he's broadcasting from Iowa, if he's in Des Moines, he's got a sweater on with his tie and his shirt under it. Some idiot, some consultant told them all that this is the way Iowans dress. They wear sweaters over their dress shirts. Maybe they just get to Iowa and it's cold I in the winter. I just find that hilarious. <laughs> it's like the barn coat. You go to the right. state fair, you pose with your foot up on a hay bale and and uh, get a little homespun. John Kerry with his barn coat and his hay bale. Howdy, y'all. Oh, John. Fear the vest. And one of the reasons Trump won is the fact that he just wore his suit and tie everywhere he went. And if he was speaking to a group of bikers, he'd say, I don't even ride motorcycles. I don't like them. (laughs) Whatever. Facebook under criminal investigation by the feds over its partnerships with a number of other tech companies that gave those other companies access to Facebook users' data. Are you trying to suggest to me that Facebook yet again has been found out giving, sharing, selling our information in ways we didn't understand and that they had previously denied? Is that? What you're driving at? That uh, wraps up the apparent accusations very nicely, sir. Their whole business model is taking your information and selling it to people. And he doesn't want to admit that out loud because he's hoping there's still some people out there that haven't caught on to that. That's what Facebook is. That's what it is. New York Times citing a number of sources saying records have been subpoenaed from at least two unnamed smartphone companies who had deals that allowed them to see Facebook users' data, including friend lists and contact information, sometimes without people's consent. Well, Apple doesn't do this sort of thing, so it's Samsung and what? What's the other big one? Uh, well, Huawei? Uh, Huawei would or? be the third, yeah. Commies. For 25 years, it turns out, when William Rick Singer was in the business of helping high school students get into some of the country's top colleges. Which is a big business, I guess. Oh, yeah. He gained a reputation as being a master salesman who got results, but also someone who came across as devious and out for himself. That is what some, no of, way. Those, that's what some of those who knew him professionally are saying. High school guidance counselors in Sacramento, California, years ago, used to warn each other, he's shady, be careful. 
Singer is now at the center of one of the biggest college admissions scandals on record. These college consultants, as described by the failing New York Times, their services begin as early as eighth grade as students are steered toward picking the right classes and extracurriculars to help them stand out from the crowd. Then comes intensive preparation for the SAT or ACT, both coachable exams. And then he, you know, greases palms as necessary to get your kid into the elite university. Right. All to do something that all studies show has no impact on the happiness in your life. Right. It's not about happiness. It's about status. And listen, you people who are obsessed with that, I can't help you. And the fact that you're making yourselves miserable makes me happy. The yeah. fact that you're making your kids miserable makes me feel bad but my message is to people who know better than to be obsessed with status the whole i gotta get my kid into an elite university thing is a lie it's a stop it stop it yeah you're right for the parents when i'm very charitable i just feel sorry for you that you're wasting all that emotional energy on something that just doesn't matter it does suck for the kids if you if you somehow uh led them to believe that this is important in life God well, dang it! And, what a and, letdown when you find out it's not. And listen, I've you know I've, my my parenting spanned quite a number of years, and I saw the competition yeah. and the obsession with where I'm going to go to school get more and more intense. And there's some level of belief that, along with social media, obviously, the skyrocketing rate of teen suicides has to do with that. It's like North. It's like I'm sorry, South Korea, where like your entire life is determined by. How you do on this exam? You right. take it age eighteen, right. and you know you do poorly, and people off themselves all the time. Yep. Just stop it, people! Stop it. There you go. That is a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Go somewhere you're comfortable, or they do a decent job in in your chosen field or whatever, and you go to the campus and you get a good vibe. Go or, be happy, or as a better value, maybe. Right, or as a better value, so you won't be saddled sure. with crippling debt that'll stress you out for the rest of your lives. God, the whole elitist yeah, it makes me sick. Abe Lincoln learned to read and write with a piece of like uh, what do you call it, ash from his fireplace. He never had any formal school. He just read a lot. Right. Just and it's down, easier to do now than it was then. <laughs> right. Every bit of information known to man is, exists on your smartphone. So read as much as you want. Get as smart as you want. All that knowledge and, and, and some free pornography as well. <laughs> um, I know I had some good stories. Oh, did Trump say something outrageous while I hit you with this? I'm sure he did. And the gunning down of the uh, top mob boss in America, probably? Forget about it. Got shot outside his house last night. It's unfortunate. Crime is on the rise, Jack. (laughs) You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. announced they're going to be opening stores nationwide with no sales clerks of any kind. First of all, that's not new, okay? Sears had that 20 years ago. Okay? <laughs> you, ever, you, ever, you ever try to buy something and say, hello, I'm, I'm trying to pay for this Kenmore suit. Hello? Hello, anybody here? Hello? What happened? What 
happened to Sears? Remember when Sears was Amazon? Remember those days? You got that catalog, you found what you wanted, and boom, eight weeks later, it was right there. Look, I am out of here. Um, I have been to stores before where I get frustrated enough where I've said, does anybody want my money? Yeah. Anybody want my money? Because I got money and I got this and I want to pay for it. Anybody? Like to exchange currency for this. <laughs> yeah. So, um, is is this a big deal that Trump said this? And did he say it this morning? Is that what you're grasping? Uh, the, the article was either posted late last night or this morning. I can't quite tell. So anywhere he said it somewhere. When asked by Breitbart News about how the left is fighting hard, Trump said, you know, the left plays a tougher game. It's very funny. I actually think that the people on the right are tougher, but they don't play it tougher. Okay? I can tell you, I have the support of the police, the military, the support of the bikers for Trump. I have the tough people, but they don't play it tough until they get to a certain point, and then it would be very bad, very, very bad. So some people are getting what's upset he, that that's what's he perhaps talking about? a threat of some sort. It might just be diagnosing what clearly is, as we have said now for a couple of years. There's a lot in your biker gang, your redneck gang, whatever, that leans right, that hasn't shown themselves at a lot of these rallies yet. Mm-hmm. And if that ever happens, it's going to get ugly fast. Some okay. people saw that as a threat. From so we were talking about rallies there and then well, just people demonstrate just in general. Okay. Just in general. The whole thing. Yeah, it was so vague. Trump's comments came in a wider part of the conversation about how the left is more, quote, vicious than the right. Okay. And that the Ameri- the left in American politics play, quote, cuter and tougher, cutter and tougher. I don't know, cuter probably. Well, right now you have, I think, I think, and it has been this way for a while, you're more likely to get punched in the face walking down the street in a MAGA hat or saying something conservative on a, than the reverse. Oh, yeah. They ain't going to stay that way forever. And I don't want more violence. I want nope. less. I want nobody to get away with that. Right. But if you have it, if you have it happening a lot, it's going to, well, it's going to happen more. So I don't know. I don't know Frankie Boy. Do you know Frankie Boy? I was even I wasn't even aware of his act. Uh no. He's the head. I'm not of the, really up on New York mobsters these days. And he's the biggest. I didn't know that either. Wow. He's the head of was. the Gam, the was the Pardon? head was. head of the Gambino crime family, which was run by John Gotti. This guy's fifty three years old. Neighbors on Staten Island recall on Thursday hearing the terrifying spray of gunfire that took down the Gambino crime boss Francisco Frankie Boy Cali last night. The reputed mobster 53 was shot dead just outside his mansion around 9.20 p.m., wife and children inside. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, I'm guess, it makes me feel bad, but I'm guessing he's done some pretty awful things in his life and mm-hmm. ordered some awful things yeah. where he wasn't so concerned about the wife and kids. So, Buy the ticket, take the ride, as they say. At about 9 last night, we were watching TV and we heard pop, pop, pop. I thought it was fireworks, said a neighbor. That's what everybody on. always says. It's never fireworks. My wife said those are gunshots. It was six or eight shots. Way to, way to have a wife who knows guns better than you, sir. I don't know why I'm criticizing him. The gunman, whoever it is that killed the crime boss, and man, knowing the Sopranos and, uh, and the Godfather and that sort of stuff, it's probably somebody from another country, and they already got him on a plane and out of here. Could well be. The gunman ran over the breeding, the bleeding, not breeding. The gunman ran over the bleeding Frankie. Oh, boy. Who was still alive. Hit and run. That's a felony. With the, pick, <laughs> with the pickup truck before fleeing. Another neighbor who didn't want to be named also heard the shots, but ran back inside. Yeah, I would, too. Yeah. <laughs> you already said too much, man. <laughs> In general, I didn't I'm, hear nothing. 
I didn't see nothing. In, I don't know nothing. In general, I'd like to be the, hey, there's trouble amok. I'm going to be among the people that are like calling the police, helping out, trying to see who's a... No, if I live next to a crime boss, I'm just going back in the house. That's a somebody, shame. Somebody call me when this is over. <laughs> it's a shame he fell on those seven bullets. <laughs> so, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't use a pickup truck for that job. It, uh, something a little uh, tighter handling. They probably stole whatever they could steal because they probably didn't use their own car. A car that could be traced, and they probably dumped it somewhere. I mean, right. I mean, I watch these shows. You watch these shows. You know how it works. Ah, the old steel shooting dump. Yep. And fly. Anyway, away. he was taken in alive to a trauma center where he died fairly quickly from oh, being he's shot. Still kicking, huh? From being shot eight, and run over. Yes, from being shot eight or nine times. It's a rough go. Yeah, shot multiple times in the head and the body. Oh boy, that was a full-on hit. Wow. The hit occurred less than a half a mile away from where Paul Castellano, then the Gambino boss, was rubbed out by John Gotti. So that's over by Sparks Restaurant. So that neighborhood's by there. So because I saw. Because I just ate at Sparks Restaurant not that long ago. So I know where that is in Manhattan. So there must be a neighborhood back of that where it's the fancy houses. Because one of the houses that was used for the Godfather, like where he has the, the wedding and everything like that, is there. They used that house. To yeah, they, don't, they wouldn't let you in, Cornpone. They, in fact, well, you sure. can't even see it. I'm sure I can't drive over there and check That's it like out. It's like a Harry Potter thing. Guy like you, you walk by the neighborhood, you don't even see it. It's screened. <laughs> screened from commoners and Cornpones. <laughs> Wow, that's that's nutty. So that knocking is, off a boss is a serious thing. Heck yeah. There could be a, a mob war now, or so I'm told by movies. Well, so Gotti knocked off Castellano and, and ended up the boss of the family, you know, consolidated power and mm-hmm. worked out for him for quite a while. So maybe whoever did this is going to, or maybe it was a rival group and then you got the full-on fight like we saw, we've seen in so many movies. Yeah. That yeah. gets really ugly. Just as long as, you know, innocents don't get caught in a crossfire. That's right. The rest of it's yeah, fine. Do whatever you want. Y'all killing each other. Yeah, if you live next door to a crime boss, do you invite him over to the 4th of July barbecue? I, I, I think maybe if you're inviting everybody else over, you probably should. Yeah. It'd be very hard not to kind of... Move? I would move. Well, yeah, well, that's one, one thing. But just especially if you interact with the person and the person in his interactions with you seems fine. And it's there. There's a quote from the Gangs of New York movie that always that always stuck with me, and that's you'd be amazed how comfortable it is beneath the wing of a dragon, where mm. you're you're in proximity to this very dangerous thing, but if for whatever reason you believe that he's not going to turn on you, yeah, oh, yeah, it'd be really yeah. hard not to kind of get swept up. Nobody's going to rob your house, right? Nobody's going to rob your house. Nobody's going to break into your car at night in that neighborhood, right? That just ain't going to happen, right? Yeah. And, you know, for those who aren't familiar with The Sopranos or whatever, and you have an idea that it's just, you know, gang hits and the rest of it, it well, one of the brilliant parts of the show is that it show because this, this is real and modern and ongoing, it showed a major mob boss living in a neighborhood and his neighbors trying to figure out how to relate to the guy and how uncomfortable they were at times. And I'm sure this guy had a similar relationship. Yeah, you say, hey, well... Everybody's coming over uh, Fourth of July, and you're hoping he doesn't come. And when he does, everything's a little uncomfortable. And but you know, at the, at the I'm like most men, uh, you know, you enjoy the romantic view of this sort of thing at the top level, loyalty and that sort of thing. Yeah, and that all seems cool and all that sort of stuff. But man, at the bottom level, where they make their money, this is where all the money in envelopes comes from. It's just awful, and it's the sort of thing I hate the most. It's horrifying. You're running your little business, and a guy shows up and says, you need to start giving me $1,000 a month. 
why, why do I have to get, either you give me $1,000 a month or we're going to destroy this place. Mm-hmm. And then you have to, or they beat you up. Remember in The Sopranos, there was a guy who had a lawn business. He went around and mowed people's lawns. He was, you know, he's the gardener for this, this neighborhood. And there was a fight between rival gangs of who got part of his money. And he was in between it, and he got beat up constantly just trying to figure out how to run his damn business. Right. That sucks. That sucks a lot. That's the part of organized crime that is so awful, and you got to stamp out. And, and it's not cool or romantic or nothing. It's just terrible. Yep. But at the very high so end, So we're it's, against it's, organized crime. But at the very high end, you make it into a movie, it seems very, very fun. Mm-hmm. So, a uh, story here about one of the families that bribed their way into the universities. This one, uh, the son is out now, out and proud. He's in the New York Post, smoking a giant blunt on the street while defending his parents and bragging about his latest rap CD. So, money well spent, Mom and Dad. A lot of kids like that that got into our top-tier universities because their parents thought it was so important. The pot-toker who sports a ponytail and raps under the name Billa. All right. All right. (laughs) Hilarious. I wonder what sport he was supposedly playing. Photoshopped his head on a tennis player. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.